Welcome into the BSN Buffs podcast live from the incomparable Blake Street Tavern. That's a new adjective I'm That's, using. I mean, it's true. Like, what bar could you possibly compare? Like, honestly, you can compare it to any bar, but you wouldn't. But be like, right in your there's nothing that's like similar to it in in the, just the sheer mass of the big house on Blake. Big house on Blake. This is actually gonna. You're not gonna make it out to Michigan. That's kind of the verdict on that. I think. Also, I'm still trying. I'm still. Uh, I, I'm a GTD. I was gonna say we should do the 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 big house from the big house on Blake, but I'm also gonna be out of the the city that weekend. So that's where the, are you gonna? That's be? the bar mitzvah weekend that I've been telling you about for over a year now. <laughs> where is it? It's in Highland Park, Illinois. Dude, that's not that far from Michigan. I actually was trying <laughs> to do that, but I think my family will murder me at the stake. Sometimes you gotta sacrifice family for a chance to go to the freaking big house yeah i still have time to submit credentials to platy too so i was thinking about it. anyways uh speaking of the buffs this is a podcast about the buffs <laughs> uh and we are at blake street tavern so shout out to them uh will whalen if you're wondering is not here he is doing his sommelier thing i think tonight uh his mom's in town so shout out to his mom Shout out to all the moms, actually. My roommate's mom is in town right you, now. You know what I was thinking about the other day? Hmm. Um, I was walking to class on Monday, and I was thinking about, like, different content we can do over the year on BSN Buffs, and I remembered your tweet from th- two years ago uh, when you were walking on Parents Weekend and you woke up, like, at 9 a.m. on the hill, and there was that house that had the sign, like, moms drink free here at this house. Yeah, that was great. Like, that is that is legendary stuff. I think that's what, gee, that was the caption on the tweet, legendary stuff happening. Yeah, yeah. probably. Anyways, he is Ryan Konigsberg. I am Jake Shapiro, uh, bringing you a hour full of content Wait, on the Wait, what did, what, what was, oh, mom's weekend because Will's mom's in town? Right, yeah. I just have to say real quick, when your roommate's mom comes into town, it's like the greatest thing ever because your roommate just makes the entire house, like, spotless. Yeah, that actually, that's that's a good call. I don't have that issue because I live alone. And like, and then there's just like a mom, like a house mom there. Yeah, shout out to the moms, man. Shout out to moms. Um, anyways, the biggest news, and there really was a big news. If you're a mom and you listen to this podcast, let us know somehow because like I'm willing to venture a guess that there might be zero moms that listen to this podcast. There's some moms that listen to the podcast, but not some moms. <laughs> like, who would it be? Like, can um, you think of one? Maybe like- someone in the athletic department listens to this and his mom. Okay. I, know, I know Curtis, you know, listens occasionally and he's, a, he's dad, a dad. There's plenty of dads like, that listen to this. Like, I don't think his, I don't think Cammie Carmen, Curtis's wife, is listening to this. I'd be cool. I like Cammie. She's great. Uh, if you're a mom, though, and you listen to this podcast, please let us know because you might be our favorite listener. Right. We love moms. Um, I think we're both mama's boys. I mean, we both have Jewish mothers, so. My mom is not Jewish. Well, she kind of is. She's not, she's not a Jewish mom in, in like, the like stereotypical the, yeah. sense. Well, neither. But yeah. I am a mama's boy. That's 100% sure. Anyways, to talk buffs five minutes later, uh, big news this week, uh, actually broken on bsnbuffs.com, that Jawan Winfrey is going to miss the entire season with an ACL injury. Obviously, we wish him best, uh, the best uh, moving forward. But this was a huge loss. I, all summer, all I heard about was the quarterbacks and the wide receivers talking about how good Winfrey was. You saw it in camp that Winfrey was going to be an impact player, probably going to start on the outside, and now the Buffs, before the season has already started, have lost their probably number two wide receiver. Yeah, it's a really tough loss from the sense of he had a bit of a playmaker 
uh, stamp being put on him, you know, making big catches, being a second threat for a offense that could use a second threat uh, behind Shea Fields. And it's really unfortunate to lose him. But I will say this. If you're going to lose somebody, I think a skill position player is a little bit more bearable than uh, in the trenches because as we've as you you know I think as a, any football fan comes to learn throughout their time as a football fan it really begins and ends in the trenches and that's where the buffs have had so much so much trouble the last few years and frankly their lines aren't that good on the first string so I think you know you can replace a guy like Juwan Winfrey with a KB on Ento or a Bryce Bobo or even distrib- distri- uh, distribution wise to Devin Ross and Shea Fields. Right. And even Jay McIntyre, like they have people that they can throw the ball to. This isn't a situation uh, where like Peerich goes down and all of a sudden Tyler McCulloch and Nelson Spruce before Nelson Spruce was Nelson Spruce are your, are your one and two wide receivers. Like that was one of the most painful things I've ever watched in my life was watching those two guys try to get separation when they're very young players. I think, you know, Nelson Spruce is a, a, is a freshman, redshirt freshman and Tyler McCulloch is a sophomore, if I remember correctly. And, like, there's just – there's no separation at all. So this is okay from the sense that, you know, you still have Shea Fields. You still have guys that I think not necessarily have proven it. And Johnny Huntley. I've heard a lot of good things about Johnny Huntley. So And Anthony Julamisi. They're going to be okay at wide receiver is what I'm getting at. Uh, but it is, it's a bummer. It's especially a bummer for Juwan Winfrey. I mean, more than anyone else, you know, he, I think he had a chance to really resurrect his college career here and he still has that chance, but it's going to be a, you know, a year before he gets back out there. Yeah. I guess the next question here is who is going to step up the most. And I think the obvious answer, and it's been answered is Bryce Bobo. Uh, so then the next question would be, can Bryce Bobo be that number one, number two wide receiver in the PAC 12? That's up to Bryce Bobo more than anyone else. I think um, talent-wise, Bryce Bobo has great hands. He's great after the catch. You know, he's showed to be shifty, even though he's not the fastest guy in the world. But Bryce Bobo's issue, um, from all accounts, since he's been a buff, is his dedication. And, you know, he doesn't necessarily have the reputation on the team of being the guy. He didn't have the reputation of being the guy who is you know putting putting extra hours in uh, in the film room uh, getting extra catches after practice with the quarterback to get your chemistry on right um and you know not every player has that in him but i have heard a lot of good things about bryce bobo's attitude going into this season and i think you know it's kind of now or never for a player like him so maybe the light came on for him and he realized um he can't just coast on talent you know you you at this high of a level in the Pac-12 conference, you have to put in the extra work. And I believe that Bryce Bobo has that mindset to do that now. And I think um, maybe even this extra opportunity, whereas he might have felt passed up by Jawan Winfrey, now he has even more of an opportunity to take that role and run with it. And even before Winfrey went down, all I was hearing was good things about Bryce Bobo. People would come up to me. I wouldn't even, I would just ask them how they're doing. And they're like, oh man, I got to tell you about Bryce Bobo. Like he is like, I had one day after practice that I was there. It was close to the media and, and someone came up to me and goes, dude, Bryce Bobo made two amazing catches in the end zone today. Those are catches people just don't make. Like that, like I, like someone said, I'd be surprised if Shea even makes a catch like that. Um, so 
but Bryce Bobo seems to be the ra- rave or rage, the, the rage. rage, the rage up there at, in, in Boulder. And I, I think he can be that guy. Uh, obviously, you talked about his athleticism, his hands. He, he has the ability. Now, my question is, is not about Bryce Bobo. It's about whether Jawan Winfrey... Uh, missing the year and obviously Shea Fields was going to get the attention at the start of the year because people weren't going to know who Winfrey was but towards the second half of the year I figured Winfrey was going to be a pretty good player and that pressure would have been uh, distributed by defenses across Shea Fields and Winfrey now can Bryce Bobo be good enough to the point where they're taking some attention away from Shea Fields and he can break free maybe I don't I don't know. I, I'm not willing to say yes to that question. And it's funny as you say that because I remember asking every receiver last year in my preseason interviews, are you excited about how much attention is going to be paid to Nelson Spruce, who just had you know one of the best seasons in the history uh, of this school? Are you excited about kind of what's going to happen for you? And, and Shea Fields, more than anyone, was all about reaping those benefits, and he was. I mean, Shea Fields... He, was the, he, he led the team in receptions and receiving yards before he went down he was last year. eating. Yeah. Uh, and it sucks for him that he didn't get to finish that season off, but, and now he's, you know, he's the focus. And I don't think that's going to um, you know, hurt him, but I do wonder if either of the... Neither of those guys or any of those guys that are available behind him are not the Shea Fields to Nelson Spruce. They aren't that good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I just I think there's a lot to be kind of taken, but here's it's the opposite. Shea Fields, you know, everyone's focusing underneath at Nelson Spruce, and Shea Fields could go over the top, and he didn't have to be a technician running routes; he just had to be fast. Now it's the opposite. You know, Shea Fields is is going to be a great route runner on top of being fast, but one of these guys needs to be a technician who can work underneath while Shea Fields is going long, and that's a lot harder than just being fast. So that's a big question mark to me. And before we talk about who might be that technician, I got to tell you about the Colorado Keg House, uh, 36 in Wadsworth in Broomfield, home for Colorado craft beer. Like they have the Colorado flag. They're the Colorado flag of beer places in Colorado. I think their logo is the Colorado flag. I think it is too. And they have a bunch of Colorado flags in there, which is pretty cool. I'm always... You, I think you were bordering on it being overplayed a little bit. I, I think the Colorado flag is played just the right level. It's, it's tailed off, like, a little bit since I said that. Like, everyone came back to earth. Like, not every single like company needed tank, to, like, make right. it. Like. Yeah. Anyways, this place is, is the home for Colorado Craft Beer, Nitros, Al's, IPAs, that whole thing. They have TVs everywhere, uh, 30 TVs all around the bar. Everywhere you look, they've got a game on. It's the perfect place to get your uh, – get your game on really you know we talk about another place that's the perfect place to get your pregame on Colorado Craft or Colorado Keg House is the perfect place to get your game on that is a fun place to go if you like the cool thing about that place is you can go there and just talk to the bartenders and you're like give me this and they'll give you like 17 different options of that and you're like okay well it's there it's like remember those commercials for like some car used car thing and there's like a million cars and then it gets narrowed down and that's like 
that's like the Colorado Cake House. There's so many options there, and you're gonna you're like you will find a new beer that you love when you go there. Speaking of options, I, I wonder what the options are going to be for the Buffs in the slot. Uh, obviously, Devin Ross seems to be that guy, but there's still issues with Devin Ross and drops. Uh, he told me, and I ran the story on BSNBuffs.com about. He said he hasn't dropped any passes. Well, literally right after I ran that story, the next day I watched him drop a pass. So whose fault is this? Does it's not Devin Ross's. It's yours. It's why is it my fault? Because you ran the story. I was just the conduit to what he said. Um, but uh, so Dev Ross is confident. I actually talked to Jay McIntyre today, uh, and I think low key he might be a guy that impacts this team offensively pretty well uh, because. I, I, I think Jay McIntyre is more reliable than Devin Ross. Obviously, he's not as explosive, but they need that reliability from a guy uh, in the receiving corps because Nelson's Bruce isn't there. Yeah. Uh, I, you know I want Jay Mack to succeed. He's one of the my favorite players on the Buffs when it comes to a guy. Nice as can be. Nice Cool guy to talk to. Had the most legendary Snapchat takeover of all time. Uh, he's just an easy guy to root for, and he puts the work in, and I – more than anything, I want him to succeed because so many people question how legit it is that he plays for the University of Colorado, and, and in my opinion, it is legit. Uh, and I want him to prove that because I think he deserves. Uh, I just I think he deserves to be a fan favorite, and I think that would be like an amazing turning point for the program. Is like after all these down years, in the season that they finally turn it around, the coach's kid is actually like a big part of it, and it's like the perfect contrast of what was a big part of the fall. Right. And I got to say, like, like in terms of, like, Jay McIntyre and Mike McIntyre, like, I obviously haven't seen them much together, but, like, when I talk to Jay compared to when I talk to Mike McIntyre, like, two completely different guys. Like, oh, very like different. Jay, Jay, is like, Jay is, like, a contrasting version of me, like, in a way. Like, he's just some average, like, 20-year-old college kid. Like, it's, it's pretty fun to talk to him. We, we had a conversation about golf off the record today. Uh, he, he told what, me, what did you have to say about golf? Well, he said to me that he thought I'd be a better golfer than him. And I'm like, there's no way. No way. Right. No way. No way. <laughs> I have a baseball swing. There's just no way. Well, even like just based off of like pure strength, like he works out every single day. Like, I feel like even if he's like a million yards off course, like he's just going to blast the ball like a lot further. You than realize that like I was taking slap shots last night. Jay does not use a stick on an everyday basis. It's just so different. It's so different. Like, try and grab a uh, golf club like a hockey stick and take See, a slap shot. It's going to go thing. 20 yards. I, I can drive it probably like 280, but only like once out of 10 times. Otherwise, it's going to hit my ankles because, like, I just I have, like, no control. 280 is a long, long way, I Mr. Know. Shapiro. I, I have the strength in the correct body parts, but not to do it consistently. Right. Anyways, so you got Devin Ross, you got Jay McIntyre, but I really do think that along with Shea Fields, they're going to need a guy like either Johnny Huntley or Anthony Julemisi to step up and stretch that field because this wide receiver position, what was going to be so clutch is that Winfrey and Shea Fields could stretch the field and that they were going to have those guys to rely upon. It was going to take some of the pressure off Devin Ross, but now that pressure just locks down. Yeah, and uh, I, I love Devin Ross too, but he has never been one to show that he excels in the face of pressure. Uh, and... I, I, he's another guy I hope succeeds because he's such a good kid and he's gotten way too much hate uh, for his, his drop issues, but they're very real and certain things 
I've I've come to learn certain things about a player just don't go away. Like certain things you just can't lose. Um, and if that's taking the eye off your uh, your eye off the ball a tenth of a second before you you really can, then that's one of those like. I hope for Devin Ross because he's still young that he can grow out of it. But I look at you know there's certain players that just have certain attributes that aren't going to go away, and I hope that's not the case for Devin Ross. And really, he has to prove that uh, early. Or I, I really think Sefo Lufau is going to lose trust in him. 100%. Uh, because this is the podcast, uh, that's the last week before CSU's podcast, which is going to be next week. We're working on something special for that. Uh, so stay tuned because we might do something pretty cool for that. But we are going to do a bunch of different like looks around the Pac-12. We're going to do some over-unders on this podcast. So stay tuned to that. We have also a question we threw out to the fans that we're going to answer. So a lot more coming on this podcast. And we'll be right back on the other side of this break. Fossil Trace Golf Club is a destination for golfers across the country. Tucked into the foothills of Golden, Colorado, Fossil Trace is one of the most unique courses in America. Hole 12 was named one of the most fun 18 holes in America by Golf Digest. Fossil Trace is 5280's best golf course, and it's less than 20 minutes from downtown Denver. Go to Fossil Trace to escape the ordinary and discover the extraordinary with prehistoric and modern. Schedule your tee time up to 60 days in advance at FossilTrace.com. Preferred Organic Therapy is one of Denver's original dispensaries. They've carried a fine list of award-winning strains since 2009, and they now carry Colorado's largest selection of edibles. You'll find other things like Apothecana oils and creams, Marcaha oral tinctures, and Charlotte's Web CBD. Nobody gives you the variety that Preferred Organic Therapy does. We're conveniently located off of I-25 and Colorado Boulevard. Preferred Organic Therapy, a better way to heal. Don't miss the Yamaha Get Out and Ride sales event at Coyote Motorsports. With low APRs, huge customer cash, and more on Yamaha motorcycles, ATVs, and side-by-sides. From championship Yamaha sport bikes and YZs to sport ATVs and side-by-sides and grizzly biking and Wolverine models. So see Coyote Motorsports today for huge Get Out and Ride savings. Offers good 216 through 63016 on select Yamaha motorcycles, ATVs, and side-by-sides. See Coyote Motorsports for Welcome detail. back to the BSN Buffs podcast. Podcast. And if you're coming up to Boulder soon for a college football game, they're coming back. College football games at Folsom. I'm actually really pumped for this. I finally got back to Boulder for the first time since I moved the other day. And I was there for like 10 minutes, and it was amazing. And you were at your parents' house, so it's like not even like really. Oh, I like, didn't make it like into Boulder, right, exactly. but like at least I got to see the flat irons. Anyways, if you're coming around from Ryan's area and you're like, ah, I'm not going to make this drive without a few drinks, or I'm not saying drinking and driving, Don't do I'm that. saying like sodas. 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 Okay. Yeah, sodas. Or, or like, like a you have a DD. Right. Or you have a DD and you're like, ah, we got to stop off at this place, Uber man. Pro tip, um, hire someone to your like to your company as like an intern or something that's under 21 and just have them DD for you at everything. That was literally my <laughs> year last year. How many times did we come down here to the Blake Street Tavern and I DD'd back and forth? A few times. Yeah, yeah. A few times. A few times. Um, but if you're doing that with the Clock Tower Grill, you should do that with the Clock Tower Grill. Uh, Lincoln Light Rail Station right off of there. Uh, it's the perfect place to get your pregame on. $3 Long Islands on Mondays. 75 cent wings on Wednesdays. I thought it was 99 cent, but it was actually 75 cents. And $3 shots on Fridays. It is the perfect place to get your pregame on. And speaking of games. I have to say one thing. I went to a different bar which doesn't sponsor this podcast so i won't say them by name i went there last night and they had all you can eat wings 
for $10 and my goal was just to make, make it worth like, so it was a better deal <laughs> than 75 cent wings. So it was $10. I ate 20 wings. You made them 50 cent wings. Yeah, and I literally didn't eat again until dinner tonight because I was so full. <laughs> like I literally woke up this morning still full. You literally out ate the entire company. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, the games are about to get begin, and we're going to look around the Pac-12. We have, we're going to do this preview in a different uh, way than everyone else because I listen to these podcasts. I hear people do previews, and they're boring as hell. So we're trying to have fun with it as First we always do on the, the BSN Bells podcast. Second place in the Pac-12. Third place in the Seventh place in the Pac-12. <laughs> um, we'll just start it off with the banger. Bangers only on the BSN Bells podcast. <laughs> Ryan no, hates me back, so much 100%. right now. Uh, who is going to be in the Pac-12 championship game this year in 2016, Ryan? Yeah, I've got uh, Stanford. I just think with Christian McCaffrey, they're going to be all right. Uh, And I think, you know, David Shaw's style of play wins football games. They go on the road. They win. They win. uh, I think they end up in the championship game. A lot of people picking Washington as a sexy pick. I like there's nothing sexy about Washington except for their uniforms. Great uniforms. Yeah. Uh, And then I got UCLA. A lot of people picking USC. It's, just, it's not sold on them other than uh, having a Ziskin on their staff, which is always a good thing. Um, I, I got to go with UCLA just because of Josh Rosen. I think he really comes into his own this year and kind of takes things over for them in the conference. I really like both of those picks, but I have to make different picks because uh, I'm going to still pick Stanford because I actually really believe in Stanford. Uh, 100% echo what you say. I really think David Shaw's a really good coach. Uh, think they're going to do their thing again. They have big bodies. That wins football games. I'm going to go with the other L.A. school. I'm going to go USC. I like the talent they got there. I like that they're going to be – like last year, I think they were in a good spot, and then that whole thing with Sark happened, and, and that was a mess. And I think now that they've got kind of a steady coach at the pace – and or, uh, a steady coach at the head right there. It's going to help steady that ship, and the town will just kind of play. I'm just, like, not a fan of Clay Helton. Like, not even a top three Helton. Name you got Todd t- Helton, Barry Helton, former buff, and then you got Clay Helton. So he is a top three Helton. <laughs> I mean, he's not a top two Helton. <laughs> All right. According to Google, if you type in best Helton, he actually appears before Todd Helton. So that, he is a top three that Helton. That is such garbage. He is a top three Helton. He's not a top two Helton. And he's not, he's definitely not a top coach in the Pac-12, in my opinion. Uh, he's got but a, I don't think he has to be. I think he has enough talent on that roster where they That's will, what we say all the time. Year. And then oh, USC or whoever it is that we're saying that about just UCLA grossly underachieves. Like, yeah, like, it's not, it's really not that easy. Like, you have to actually coach. And I just, I don't, it was such a weird hire for me. Like, it just seemed... Like it was, it was an it was a in the moment hire. They were caught up like trying to make the players happy and that sort of thing. And I just don't think they hired the best candidate. Okay, next we both picked Stanford can, for yes. Can we agree on one thing? After SC and UCLA, there is a massive drop off in the Pac-12 South. Oh, one hundred percent. I have no faith in Utah to be a good team this year. I I think they're going to struggle to reach a bowl game. Uh, Arizona and Arizona State, same case. I think they're very. All three like, of them. There's are very... absolutely no reason the Buffs couldn't be third in the Pac-12 South. <laughs> there's a lot of reasons. No, but I'm saying like, like it's not mean, like there's no team above. It's them. not an issue of like these teams are so much better than them anymore. You know? Yeah, I I, I want to say that's more the other team's fault than the Buffs. Like that's improving. fine. I'm just saying like there's no reason that they couldn't. I shouldn't say there's no reason that they shouldn't. There's no reason that they couldn't. 
Okay, yeah, that's fair. Because if they finish with six wins or seven wins, there's potential for them to I think to beat. seven wins gets you third in the Pac-12 South. Okay. I, I, I don't think that, that, that that's crazy. I think that it's crazy to ask the Buffs to get seven wins. <laughs> it might be. I don't say it gets crazy. It's asking a lot, but it's not crazy. All right. I've been there. I just I've been seeing it. And I know. I just, just I just don't think it. But have you been so, there at Utah, Arizona, and Arizona State? Because someone has to win win those games when they play. Right. It's just, I guess it's just <laughs> not. It's just not. Ah, the other team showed up. We're just going to give it to them. Right. Yeah. True. Okay. Good point. Uh, we both picked Stanford for the Pac-12 North, and the obvious pick for standout player, which is this next category, is Christian McCaffrey, and that's who I'm picking. But I know you're going to go with someone different. Yeah. I mean. Uh, there's a transfer in this league that I just think has a chance to be an impact player across the board. Uh, and you may have heard of him, Davis Webb. I think he's just going to – no, I'm just kidding. Will isn't on this podcast. <laughs> uh, Will is literally rolling over in his bed listening to this podcast <laughs> right now. I, I've already mentioned his name once. Uh, I think Josh Rosen is going to be uh, – he's going to have that year where all of a sudden he's being talked about as a future number one pick. I really believe that. Uh, he has all the tools. He played like trash against CSC. C, he played like trash against CU last year. That was weird. Did and you confuse USC and CU? So you almost went CSU. CSC. I think yeah. I was gonna say. Yeah. CSC. Uh, I, I don't know. He might have played like trash against USC too. I don't remember. And maybe that's where my brain meshed the two things. But he's going to be the real deal this year. And uh, I think that's why, you know, the sole reason why I think UCLA wins the South. I mean, me and you always talk about the Buffs needing a quarterback that, like, just is out on the hill all the time, like, parties and and just has a hot tub in his apartment. Yep. That is Josh Rosen, and that is why he will be successful. Literally, number one key to being a successful college quarterback is being a BMOC. Like, just a big man on campus if you aren't. Johnny Manziel would have been the greatest quarterback of all time had he gone to co- co- college at CU. Right. Well, he already, like, He already is. was, like, yeah, he already was up there. Yeah, um, and that's, that's how you have success as a college quarterback. You have to have that mentality. Every single day you walk outside, every single day you walk on the field, literally everyone. Who's, who's doing my homework for me, who's going out with me tonight, oh. and who's giving me a massage. Every single time you do your own homework, that's an interception. <laughs> that's why Sefa Lufau he does all of his own homework dude mistake for a mistake that's all I can say uh, the next category in here is the amount of teams to make a bowl uh, Ryan what's your first guess on this one because it, I, I, like I said I think there's three teams in the Pac-12 South alone that can go either way geez there's so many I think only five are locked. Stanford, Washington, Oregon, USC, and UCLA. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say seven teams. Make, so in addition say, to the five I just mentioned, who else you got? I want to say eight, but that just feels like a lot. Is that a lot? How I many made it last year? I don't know. Year? How many bowls are there? <laughs> There's like 150 <laughs> bowls. I feel like... All right. I'm going to say eight. There are, here's, here's a real trivia question for you. Are there more bowls in your your living quarters than there are in actuality. Uh, Dude, we have a serious bowl problem at my house. <laughs> you were, you were under bold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> serious lack of bowls. Like three days after each cycle, we're out of bowls. And I'm like eating salads off a plate, which I hate doing. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with seven as well. Uh, but I'm going to go Stanford, Washington, Oregon, USC, UCLA. 
Utah, and Cal. I'm going to have Davis. I'm leaving Cal to a bowl. All right, so I've got five teams in the North making it. Stanford, Washington, Oregon, Washington State, Cal. And then I have three teams making it in the South, USC, UCLA, and TBD. I only think one of those bottom four teams is making I it. I can't ever put Utah. No, that can't happen. Utah. There's going to be eight. There's going to be You think there's eight? Nine. You think nine? Yeah, I think there's going to be nine teams. So that like so that's the Buffs. That's that's your pick right there. That's the Buffs. The ninth team is the Buffs. I just think call your shot. No. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not saying it. They could. It's it's you're just leaving the door open for a ninth team now. This is now. becoming one of those bad previews all of a sudden. <laughs> all right, on to the next one. To the next one. Um, team that loses to a really bad school, FBS, or like some school you'd never heard of out of the G5. Yeah, that's Oregon State for show. I'm going to go Washington State. Washington State always sucks. They're bound to coog one. Yeah, exactly. Next one, uh, team that's most fun to watch. I don't know. I mean, if seems like Oregon is always the easy pick here, but I think Washington State could be really fun to watch. 700 yards of passing like, a game. There might be like three players that die on the field. <laughs> <laughs> That's so messed up. Please don't. That's not fun to watch at all. That's terrible that I even said that. Uh, I'm going to go with Arizona. Rich Rodriguez is a crazy person for a head coach. Not that they're all not crazy, but uh, I always have, I feel like every year there's at least two Arizona games that you're watching at midnight going, how is this game still a thing? <laughs> I'm just so excited that there's an actual game on Friday. This Friday, Cal and Hawaii play in Sydney, Australia. That's a thing? That is tomorrow if you're listening to this podcast right now. Davis Webb plays his first college football game in the Pac-12 tomorrow? Yes. Huh. What do you know? Uh, in Australia, that's if, probably I retweeted an amazing top. SB Nation article where they interviewed people in Sydney about the game, and literally, <laughs> like every quote, someone goes, <laughs> "Someone goes, Hawaii and Cal are playing in Sydney. That's bloody stupid." <laughs> <laughs> All the quotes are just like, "What?" All right, last category on this preview: coach that gets fired first in the Pac-12. Dude, I don't Gary Anderson because like. Why did he leave? Like, I feel like as when you were Oregon State, you already had questions about Gary Anderson that he left Wisconsin to come there. Like, he just didn't think he was man enough to coach at a real school, so he had to go to Oregon State. I guess, dude. He's like, he doesn't. He spells Anderson all weird. I think like, he's, he's one of those E yeah. guys, Anderson with an E. It's a really hard question because who knows what's going to happen, but so who's on the hot, the hot seat? Basically, is Mike McIntyre, Gary Anderson. And, and maybe and Sonny, Sonny Dykes. Dykes. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, he is an EN guy. What a weirdo. I think he should be fired just for that. I'm going <laughs> to pick him as well just because of that now. So I hope someone messages us that has an EN last name. Well, we'll tell him. We're just going to block them on Twitter. That's a bad name. Like, this guy paid $3 million to leave his job at Wisconsin. Who does that? That's one of the greatest college football schools of all time. Uh, dude. All right, well, we're going to wrap fired. up this segment before it goes completely. He's fired, just... in my opinion, already. <laughs> uh, he lost that really good freshman quarterback, too, to a transfer. No, then he came back. He came back? <laughs> it was the opposite of CU. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> 
when we come back on the VSM Buffs podcast, we're going to make some over-unders. We ran an article last year that was over-unders. Me and Ryan kind of picked that out. This year, we're going to do it on the podcast. We might as well make an article about that as well. So stick around, and we'll be right back. Jackson's Hole opened in March of 1977 and quickly became the place for watching sports. Almost 40 years later, and Jackson's All-American Sports Grill is keeping the reputation alive. There's 65 and 70-inch TVs everywhere. The food is still amazing, and there's almost 30 beers on tap, including our table taps that you can control at your own booth. Come down to Jackson's All-American Sports Grill in Greenwood Village off Arapahoe and I-25, the original sports grill. By staying at the forefront of cannabis genetics, cultivation, and quality control, the clinic provides the best cannabis you'll find. And with 50 awards, they've won more than any other dispensary in Colorado. There's also a brand new clinic location right next to the Colorado Light Rail Station. And if you bring in a ticket from the game, they'll give you 15% off your entire purchase there. Seriously, check them out. Go to the new location off Colorado or go to theclinickcolorado.com. If you or somebody you know has been in any type of accident, call Flesh Law. You do not want to face the insurance company alone. If you are not sure what to do, Flesh Law offers free consultation and will meet with you for as long as you need. If you do decide to file, we'll have your litigation started immediately so that we can get your case resolved as fast as possible. Call Flesh Law at 303-806-8886. That's 303-806-8886 or Google Flesh Law. Back on the BSN Buffs podcast with Ryan Konigsberg, I am Jake Shapiro, and time for some over-unders. The prop bets you've all been waiting for, made by the insiders uh, from inside the team uh, that are not actually inside the team, or insiders, but we are closest to the program. Uh, We are closer to the program than the people that actually probably would make prop bets. So these are some pretty good prop bets, uh, I will say, because I made them myself. And uh, we're going to start spitting them out. I want to start with this one. Shea Fields catches. 65.5. 65.5. Going over for sure. Um, he might have 65 catches against CSU. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, That'd be the dopest thing ever <laughs> if the entire game plan was just let's see if they can stop Shea Fields. Uh, it, it maybe should be. Um, I think he, you know, he had 50 as a freshman, 42 last year. On, he was on a pretty great pace before he got injured. But you just have to assume that he's going to get the lion's share of the catches. Um, you know, he's wearing number one. He's the number one wide receiver. He's going to get a lot of targets. And I, I think he catches over 70, over 70 balls. Yeah, I think that's a really good uh, decision. But I'm just going to say under. And I'm not going to say under by a lot. I'm going to say he ends up with like 62 or 63. I'm going to say they just don't use him that much in short short yardage and he gets a lot of tight coverage and they're gonna have to use him over the top a lot and that's why that number is going to be a little bit down is because he's actually gonna have a lot of big plays um next number here diego gonzalez uh he struggled with that field goal percentage a little bit last year had some problems with one of those hash marks it sounds like everything's figured out there mike mcintyre's talked about it diego's talked about it himself i think we've talked about it on this podcast that he needs to get to 75 percent in his field goal percentage to be uh, to, to help the Buffs get to a bowl. If he doesn't get to 75%, it's not his fault that the Buffs don't reach a bowl, but it, it's not helping them, so to speak. So, so the one o- of those, if you're not helping the cause, if you're not with us, you're against us type of thing? I guess. If you're not part, here it is. If you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem? There it is. So field goal percentage for Diego Gonzalez, 74.5. I almost said if you're not part of the cure, you're part of the disease, which is, I kind of like kind of likes, yeah. <laughs> uh, I say he... Gee, 75% is 
really good for a college kicker. Um, I'm going to say he just just misses that. I say he's, he's uh, 74%. Just misses it like Eric Goodman in field? <laughs> yes. Just, just, just misses just a few too many. Um, I'm going to go over. I really like Diego. That's, that's my analysis. He's too, he's too nice to fail. Ah, I wish that were true. I wish that were true. Cephalufau completions, 275.5. I say over. There's so many plays in this offense that are just like snap the ball and fling it to the side that he's going to complete a ton of passes. I mean, he's hardly going to have to throw the ball downfield. It's just throw the ball to the side and block for him like a lot of the time. Yeah, it's an easy over for me. Um, Cephalufau sacks, 19.5. There's 23 sacks on Cephalufau. I'm going to make year. you start answering these first since I don't uh, – I feel like you're you're, you're just – there's too much uh, on my plate here. I feel like I have to set the standard every time. Okay. Cephalufau sacks, 19.5. I'm going to go over again, uh, mostly because – you know, he missed a few games last year, and it was still 23. I don't see that much improvement with the offensive line. Uh, so I think he gets sacked more than 20 times again this season. Yeah, I can't disagree with you. It's, I wish I could say that I, th- I thought the offensive line was going to carry the team and that, you know, Sefo Lufau is going to be safe back there. But I think the thing you're praying for is, uh, over under injuries for Sefo Lufau, 0.5. You, you're hoping for under more than you're hoping for less than 20 sacks. I think uh, that might be wishful thinking. Yep. Addison Gillum, 80.5 tackles. He had 79 his sophomore year where he was hurt. He had 119 the year he was healthy. He had very few last year because he only played in one game. So this is more of a question with health than anything else. Um, Addison Gillum, 80.5 tackles. I'm going to say yes. I, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna put some faith. Not many people are putting faith into Addison Gilman and his ability to stay healthy. I want to double down on it. I want to I want to put some faith in it um, because if he does stay healthy, he's easily gonna get to that number. Man, it's so hard. I've said for so long that anything he does this season is gravy, and so for me to come up here and now say that he's gonna go over 80 tackles seems like I'm asking for a lot more than gravy. So. I can't go over on that. I'm not asking for it, and I think I'm with you that anything you get from Addison Gillum at this point is addition. But I think that he does it. I think he that he, he comes from the slums, and you know he he comes from the bottom, and and, and he and he makes it. I I, I mean, maybe, maybe. Yeah. Uh, Tedrick Thompson involved turnovers, so whether it's a pickoff or a forced fumble or a fumble recovery, five point five. I'm going way over on this. I think Ted's got a nose for the ball, and he's just gonna. He's going to ball hawk to this year. So how many interceptions are you calling? I'm calling four interceptions and at least three fumble involvements. 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 That should be a, tell, that, tell that to Dave Platty. I feel like he might start counting that stat. Fumble involvements. Fumble involvements. Turnovers are too hard to predict. I mean, what like Cheeto could get all the interceptions this year. Isaiah Oliver might get all the interceptions. Like, it's too hard for me to say the quarterback is going to accidentally throw it poorly towards Tedrick Thompson a certain amount of time. So I go under. Um, who knows on fumble involvement? It's <laughs> a great stat. Derek McCartney sacks 6.5. What 
What did he have last year? He had five, I believe, last year. That's a lot of sacks. Uh, they haven't. He's bigger and better, apparently. Shocking. Bigger, though. A lot bigger. Maybe too big. Really? I think he got too big. Wow. Well, I'm going to say under just because I'd, I haven't seen any efficiency in terms of, I guess efficiency isn't the word. And he hasn't shown the ability to say No healthy, one gets honestly. sacks. Yeah. Um, and, and that, although the defensive line has improved and they're going to have to look out for guys like Tupo and, and maybe Jace Frankie and, and, you know, maybe some other guys on that defensive line, I haven't seen it from DMAC to say seven sacks yet. So I'm going under as well. And then these are the big ones. The big ones. Over under Pac-12 wins two. So push over or under two. Over. Oh, here we go. Over. Do you have those numbers? Who, who, you're, who you're winning those against? No, I don't. Because they got to come against somebody, as we learned earlier in this This podcast. wasn't uh, sent to me in the production plan, so I didn't know I was supposed to look up what games they were going to win. All right. But um, they can still well, they blame, can go, blame they the can editor. Go, they um, can win three. They can win three Pac-12 games and still miss a bowl. Yeah, that can happen. Um, I'm going to go under. They haven't shown me that they can win two Pac-12 games in a year. So why would I say they're going to win three? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not betting against. I'm not betting for anything that I haven't seen before. That's you're going to. You have to take risks to get rewards, chap. I'm Jewish. I'm very crafty in my ways of betting. Um, the last one here, five wins over, under, or push. We, we already know my answer because I said it last week in the podcast, so it's under. I said they're going to win four games this year. And this doesn't have to be your official prediction because next week we're going to do that. I just want a, a little over, under so far, or maybe even a push on this. It can change from now to next week. Ryan's really. When I really want to be asked this question is like halftime of the CSU game. I'll know for sure by then. That's kind of what 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 I was like. But halftime of the Hawaii game, what would have your answer been last year? No, and I would have been right. <laughs> uh, I mean, you. I actually, you could have asked me after the first series if they were going to make a bowl game, and I would have said no. I remember. So last year, I want to set the scene. Ryan's like, okay, Shaq, come over. Uh, we watched it at Ryan's parents. You know, me and Ryan. A couple other people. Yeah, a couple. I'm um, getting to that. Ryan, Ryan invited friends. Ryan's da- uh, stepdad uh, made some really good food. We were all hyped. We watched the rise on the big screen TV. Maybe ten minutes before the game. It was actually forward then. Forward, okay. And we're like, oh my god, they're going to a bowl. Oh my god, they're going to a bowl. Fast forward twenty minutes, and Ryan's not talking. None of Ryan's <laughs> friends are talking. Ryan's stepdad is not talking. I am over in the corner like, oh, my God, this is the worst thing that's going to happen to me ever. Yeah, obviously, it, you'll remember that Alex Kinney got his, field, his punt blocked at, at the conclusion of the very first series. And literally, right then and there, I saw the entire season flash before. Like, it was, it was clear that nothing, like, right. they were still the buffs. And we watched it with a few former players, and they left before the end of the game. They couldn't handle it. And... Uh, that, so it was by the end of the game, it was just me and you for that ending. Yep. And I'm glad that they left and never and, and didn't see that ending with us because I that we, was uh, that was the worst. <laughs> I went viral that night, so that was uh, good. yeah, yeah. You had a vine picked up like across 
everywhere. All, so, all social medias and everything. Uh, and, and the worst part about it was we were writing our recap when Mike and Mike came on because of oh, yeah, because the so game was late. so late. Oh, yeah, I played, like, I, I remember trying to kill that day. I played, like, 18 holes of golf, and, like, the game just wouldn't come. And then once the game started, we were like, oh, my God. Uh, that was something else. But, yeah, I mean, that's what, like, you asked, you could have asked me, literally when that punt blocked, everything I thought about the team in fall camp went out the window. The Kool-Aid spilled, so to speak. <laughs> exactly. So, anyways, back to now. Uh, I did, like, just having that conversation answered this question for me. I'm going to say that it's going to be a push at five games. Okay, when we come back in the BSN Buffs podcast, we got one more segment for you. We asked it to you, the fans, so this is about all you, the fans. Uh, so we're going to answer it on the other side of this break. Euflora is the Apple store of cannabis. With three locations, the biggest selection in the state, and a tech-driven shopping experience, Euflora is the only dispensary you need. Euflora has over 75 types of edibles, tinctures, topicals, and drinks, and they have over 20 strains of flour at all times. To see everything Euflora has to offer, go to eufloracolorado.com. That's eufloracolorado.com. When is the last time you went to the Rock Restaurant and Bar on Smoky Hill Road? With 69-cent wings on Mondays, trivia on Tuesdays, and $2 domestics during happy hour and weekends, the Rock Restaurant and Bar is the only choice when I'm in South Aurora. They're open 9 a.m. to 2 a.m. every day, making them a great place for a big breakfast, tasty lunch, or a nice dinner. The Rock is off of Smoky Hill Road, just a few blocks west of E-470. Find them online at therockrest.com. That's therockrest.com. Life Flower Dispensary on Leedsdale serves medical and recreational until midnight. We are a one-stop shop and have something for everyone. Whether you're a smoker or prefer to use topical treatments for severe pain, we carry a huge variety of edibles, infused sodas, concentrates, flour, and we even carry glass too. Check out our menu at weedmaps.com for specific strains and price details. Life Flower Dispensary. Open 8 a.m. to 12 a.m. Monday through Sunday. Mention BSN Denver and get 15% off your entire purchase. Back on the BSN Buffs podcast with Ryan Konigsberg. I am Jake Shapiro. One last time. Uh, we threw this out on Twitter. <laughs> you did not like how he said that. No, I'm still laughing about this. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, Cisneros still making the best graphics. So good that the coaching staff is now using them. <laughs> <laughs> We're drafting up what, what Cisneros could DM to Coach Chev to tell him to give him some credit on his photo that he just jacked. Yeah. <laughs> so PSN Buffs, Twitter just threw it out. Colorado safe outlet question of the week. Which player's health is most crucial to the Buffs' success and why? We've got a few answers, some from our normal people like Jace Kenny, one of our favorites. Normal people. <laughs> True. Um, another one. Uh, we're, we're gonna... normal if they interact with us on a regular basis. What? Nobody's normal if they interact with us on a regular basis. All of our friends would be not normal then. Exactly. They're abnormal? Yes. All right. At Buffs Mike says, Cepho, Buffs beat USC last year. If he's not hurt, he's more experienced and can lead us to a bowl game this year. Gotta love the new follower coming in with the interaction on day one. Yeah. Appreciate that big time. Mike Ross, uh, don't agree with your opinion. But I like your enthusiasm, and I like you. I would say he's us. a top three Ross. <laughs> Devin Ross, Rick Ross, <laughs> Mike Ross, Mike Ross. <laughs> yeah, top three Ross. 
Cody Ross just falls outside of the top three. (laughs) Boss. Yeah, I can't think of another Ross. Uh, Jace Kinney. Sefo and Shea Fields and Philip Lindsay. Ah, we're going to have to disqualify him. I mean, he said one player. <laughs> that's, that's an insane disqualification. Uh, he did say Sefo has the experience and can run. Fields, deep ball threat, and Lindsay has, his, has passion, I, th- I think he meant. Uh, but but like, like I said, you're disqualified, Jace. We said one. He said three. Um, Taylor Henry. I went to high school with Taylor. Taylor Henry 9 says... Easy answer is Cepho, but I'll go Tupo. That's Be- crazy that he's not even a top eight Taylor Henry. <laughs> what? Taylor Henry nine? <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> Whispers. I'm screaming. Oh, my God. <laughs> no one gets it. Uh, but I'll go Tupo because of how bad our run defense was and our inability to get off the field in short yardage. I'm only interested in what Taylor Henry's one through eight have to say. Can we end this podcast? <laughs> yep. All right. Well, that's going to be it for the uh, BSN Buff podcast this week. Will may or may not be on next week. We'll see if he's he's uh, good enough to join us. Uh, call him out because his wine career is apparently more important than his two good buddies here at the Blake Street Tavern. Honestly, what's good about this is that he didn't have the opportunity to have a more ridiculous take than his Olympics take. So the Olympics take lives on for another week. So like continue hitting his mentions and telling him how (laughs) stupid that take was. It was, he's gotten worse takes every single week, (laughs) but I don't know how he can top the Olympics take. So find out next week. I also don't know if he can ever come back from it. (laughs) Like no one can ever like, He'll be like, CU's going to go to a bowl and beat <laughs> like, CSU. And people are just going to be like, dude. You remember that, that Olympics take. CU's going to lose to CSU if you say they're going to win. <laughs> Love you, Will. Uh, we'll talk to you next week on the BSN Bus Podcast out every Thursday. Uh, next week, we might actually move it up. We'll look forward to some special things with that. We're trying to maybe get an event here at Blake Street, uh, Rocky Mountain Showdown. Big week for the Buffs and the Rams. And I might write something. Oh my God! Ryan Konigsberg is back, and so will we be next week. So, yeah. two will we be next week? Check, check, check. I feel like we're like a couple more ads away from our podcast being almost like a parody of how many ads like <laughs> everything is sponsored, like. And the first word of the podcast is brought to you by Pepsi. Ryan, let me hear your ridiculous Will Whalen take of the week. You know, I don't have any ridiculous Will Whalen takes. um, But the person who randomly hit my mentions today, who obviously heard last week's podcast and requested for Will to be taken off the podcast, will be happy to know. That Will is working tonight, and he couldn't be here.